there. Thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing's final Bell to Bell pod of uh, 2023, episode 140. We'll have a little break over Christmas and maybe John, myself and Woody might get together and record a bit of a, a New Year special if John's got the time between Christmas and New Year. Um, you up for that, John? Got plenty of time these days, Steve. Yeah, I can, I can squeeze in 40 minutes. All right, then, mate. Yeah, well, people watching YouTube iTunes, Spotify, we'll give you a little Christmas bonus and stick it out just before the new year. You know me, Steve, you know John Evans. Tonight's uh, special guest, second appearance for upcoming Manchester trainer, Ryan Bradley, also a voice you, we're getting to hear on VIP TUE quite a bit. How are you, Ryan? I'm good, thank you. That's a nice that's a nice introduction. Yeah, we've got to be nice to you, mate. You, you're, you're getting a few fighters, the stables growing out. How are things going now? I've just seen you obviously you've got Reese Woods who's preparing for a big 2024. Um, Rob Parry's gone with you now. I know people might see he's two and one, but everyone I know who's had him in the gym as previous trainers has said how hard he punches. Yeah, we've got so I've got Reese Woods. Um, obviously we know Reese, uh established VIP fighter now. Uh I took on Ryan Hibbert, um, Road Warrior, uh, the back end of uh, well, a couple of months back. So just waiting, uh, clearance from the board for Ryan. And yeah, Rob Parry. Rob Parry came over to me over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we gelled really well. Uh, but yeah, he's um, he is two and one. But we had a discussion about the the one at the York Hall, and he was uh, he was a little aggrieved by the result. Been on the pads with him, and he bangs. He hits like a mule already, and he's uh, the big lad. So we'll um, we'll see what we can go. He's told me what he wants to get out of the sport, and. Uh, the our kind of thoughts aligned, so looks like it's going to be. And I've got a um, the young girl, a gym product, um, Jess, who is going to turn over in the new year. Uh, she'll fight at Super Bantam, so we should have got our uh, work cut out, aren't we, in the new year? <laughs> should That's be a good. for us. Four growing limer, yeah, going to be a busy gym. You're going to be out every weekend, I hope. You we will be well, with Ryan here, but he'll be in big well, demand. Well, I've got a. Uh, He's a tough, he's a tough road warrior, one of the toughest road warriors, Ryan. And he's uh he looks tough as well. And then when you watch him and he's uh yeah, he loves to scrap. Um, I suppose after you live him growing up in Salford. Uh <laughs> but uh but no, it looks like it's a big it's a big 2024. Reese is back out in February in the box off final at the York Hall, the hallowed York Hall. And then um Rob Robin tends to be out Feb. I think it'll probably be the same time with Rye. Uh, we're just going through the application process with the board, etc. I think that might be later on, but yeah, a big start to the year for us. Brilliant, brilliant, John. I say, what we're going to kick on this this week, John. Um, round one is you yourself, Mr. Evans, and I know it's a, a box that you love, and I haven't seen the fight of the weekend. You can tell us all about it, uh, John and, yeah, and honest, Devin Haney. I'm not going to lie. Before the fight, I was more of a fan of Progray. I love Regis Progray's. When you speak to him, he's one of the best people to speak to in the sport. Honest as the day comes, real character. I've seen him up close from six feet away a few times, and I fancied him to really give Haney murders on Saturday night. I, I thought he was being badly, badly overlooked. Haney was sensational. I, I thought that was one of the best performances of the year. We've seen a few this year. We saw Crawford take Spence apart. We saw Renue take Fulton apart. Haney taking Progray apart goes right up in that bracket. It was like a punch-perfect performance. And I'm a Haney believer now because I know how good Progray uh, Pro is. 
Um, he looked big at the weight. He looked like he could punch at 140. Um, any questions people had, I was one of them. But um, Lomachenko gave him everything he could handle at a late stage of Lomachenko's career. Well, he's put that behind him now. I, I thought Haney looked a pound-for-pound pound fighter. I thought that was that was really, really as good as you can get. So, yeah, what what you both thought of uh, Devin Haney against Progre? Yeah, I haven't seen this. I'll pass over to Ryan. Yeah, I thought it, like, I agree with what you said, John. He looked massive at the weight. You looked him and Progre together. He looked huge at the weight. But I think with uh, for me, I'm one of Devin Haney. I wasn't massively sold. I hadn't seen too much of him. But uh seen the last few fights and I'd um I watched this morning, I watched the highlights from um from the weekend. And he's it's his range management for me. He's outstanding. He's never He's throwing shots now. He keeps it nice and simple. He's in and out, but it's it's how he governs that range. Especially you watch an orthodox fight at Southpaw, it can look a bit, it can look a bit, a little bit messy. But there was none of that. His movement, he threw his shots. His movement off to, coming out of the shots there was outstanding, and um, he rocked Progre at one point. I can't remember what round it was, and instead, like most fighters, a jump all over him. He sits back and just carries on nice and tight, like George Foreman used to do. When George Foreman used to rock someone, and maybe because he was big, he took his time like an Iceman and walked onto him, no stress. I think Haney was the same with Progre yesterday. He had him rocked, and instead of rushing his work, which Progre would have wanted him to do to get involved in a bit of a firefight, took his time, sat back, and then went about his business. Like, going with John, a punch-perfect performance from him last night, or over the weekend. He was outstanding. Yeah, he seems to bring a whole new... I mean, I don't go big on stats, but was it something like 28 shots or something the other guy landed? Was it was ridiculously low figure that Progray landed? Brings all new meanings. The analogy can't lay a glove on him, doesn't it? Incredible. Oh, yeah. I saw it. I was six feet away when Progray fought Flanagan in New Orleans. And, of course, yeah. And Progray was so good, so clever, so slick, so fast. He, and, well, I don't know. Haney made him look like a beginner. Yeah, he nullified everything along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. champion and he was the challenger. There was just, it was like, yeah, like John said, punch perfect performance from Haney. Outstanding. I think he reminds me of a young Sugar Ray Leonard, which is high praise indeed, but he is, he looks that, he looks that good. Big praise. Right. Round two. Over to you, Ryan. Ben Whitaker, one of the Marmite fighters. He is a mom, and that's exactly what I was when I thought when I gave him a subject. I was like, I was going to say Marmite fighter because he is a Marmite fighter. Ben Whitaker, I am not his biggest fan. Well, boxing ability wise, you just he's again, he's just he's outstanding, but the showboating kills me. The showboating kills because it's if say if Reese or any of them in the gym put their hands down for even a split second, my you know. Because I'm obviously trying to channel it in a certain way, but with Whitaker, it's the dancing in the ring, the histrionic. I suppose you've got to buy into. So not we've not seen anybody since Naz do that, but Naz backs it up. Now we, I know with Ben Whitaker, you know he's four fights in, and he is miles above the level that he's. You know I know we've got to go through. He's got to go through the stages, but he is head and shoulders and everything above these guys that he's fighting. You know. Is but for me, you've just got to bite. You know, I'd be interested to see um, once we see him stepping up the levels, and you're going to see. You know what it's like. You're fighting these away fighters who are going to come and 
basically took up. You've got to find the key that opened the door. And he did manage to stop him. You know, Mark Leiter gave a stoppage in the last round uh, yesterday. But he is he's an outstanding, he's going to be an outstanding talent. You can see it. But it's if you can buy into the histrionics, which I feel like I make a deal with the devil every time I watch him because it's yesterday. I was like, right, he's, I can't. Uh, I can't watch anything that he puts on social media or anything, but when he's in the ring, he is outstanding. Watching the uh, the shuffling and stuff like that, it does. It reminds me of Nas, even down to the gear he wears. He's he's clearly taking uh, inspiration from somewhere, but Nas could back it up with that power in his hand, couldn't he? Nas had that unbelievable left hand, whereas I, tell you, I saw Kev Marie put some on social media today, and I think it'd be a brilliant fight. He said, Callan Simpson against Ben Whitaker. He said, which I think, if you go up those levels, that'd be a fight and a half for him, wouldn't it? Callum Simpson's a tough kid. He's been sparred with Viterbiev, doesn't he? Yeah. So I would love to see something like test at a level like that to see what Whitaker's capabilities are. I I love him. I do. I can go with. Uh, I'm a big fan of you know. But what I do want to do is see a bit quicker. And this is not picking on Ben. And we knew we discussed after the Olympics that he'd be Marmite. But you know what? We're going to talk about him later, but more people in the main in the mainstream, not in boxing, talk about him than they do Sonny Edwards, who's in a brilliant unification. He's, you know, he's already bigger in the mainstream. I, I love him. I'd like to see him step up now. You know what? I'd like to see him fight someone like a Mickey Ellison soon. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be yeah, an that'd... ideal fight. Someone who isn't a giant light heavyweight, or you know, all, um, I mean that that would be an ideal fight. But now I'm going to disagree. I love all. I love all the. Um, the 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 plate the showboat and all that I think he's that's the part of his attitude. John, are you with me or are you with Ryan? Oh, you know, you know, I'm with you. I love there it. Yeah, I knew he was going <laughs> to yeah, say yeah, that, yeah. Ryan. He's um, he can back, he can back it up. He won yeah. a he won a silver medal in the Olympics. Uh, that, that's that's an outrageous achievement. He can bang. That was brutal finish last night. Um, yeah. and I think the showboating's part of his style. You see, a lot of people labour with these journeymen. They just can't break them down. I think he uses a showboating to create openings. And I think yeah. he'll do it against these people. Mickey Ellison would be a good fight, but poor Mickey. That's a painful yeah. night's work. And we're not going to see Whitaker's tested until he, he gets past British level. But I think he's the business me, and he knows it as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan. I, I like it. And God knows we need some characters and headline makers, don't we, at the minute? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm a bit of a Whitaker, uh, a bit of a Whitaker fan, to be honest. Yeah. Round three, um, I want to talk about Josh Kelly. I just wonder where his career is going. And he's got talent, not the talent of Ben Whitaker, but there's talent, a lot of talent there. You know, he went to Channel 5 because he wanted to get away from the zone. He's now and went to the Sourlands. Sourlands were going to talk of him being the face of Channel 5. He's now back on the zone in a fight this weekend. And, it's you know, it's three years since the Avanesian loss. And he, you no, know, he bounced back with a great win against Troy Williams, and I thought he was really, really good that night. But he still hasn't kicked on from there, and I, I just feel it's a career that's that's treading water. It's almost like the bloke who's in a boat rowing out, having a rowing in, you know, in a, in the, in the sea in a rowing boat, and he can see the coastline to get back, but he can't quite reach it. It's a career treading water. I just, I just don't see where you guys think it's going wrong or is it going right in your opinions? I think you look at the Avinestian fight but if you think before that, the fight where I started, not say the wheels start to fall off but when people start to question, remember when he fought on the Joshua Ruiz card against Ray Robinson? In America, yeah. 
Uh, and he, he struggled. He got a draw, and that for me wasn't a draw uh, all day. I think it's because of it was well because of being the match room fighter at the time. I just I, and I start the Avanessian fight. You know, he started well, but we all know what Avanessian's like. He just literally, obviously, Carl Green's had a plan and he just dominated him, didn't he? So, and I don't, I don't know. It just it's it's all that talent there, and it's. Is it going to come to fruition? You know, the channel, like you said, he's gone to Channel 5, Sauderlands, but what what the Sauderlands going to, you know, they are, they've got their interest in the Misfits and I think that carries a yeah. bit away from the Channel 5 stuff as well. More money. So, I think, you know, Eddie's not everybody's cup of tea, but, you know, he's got enough success stories and it, it wasn't the right decision. You know, you make the decisions with the full suite of information in front of you, don't you? So, you can't really regret moving, but... Like you said, is he in a bit? Is he stagnating a bit? Because he's a talented kid. He like look what he did yeah. to Troy Williamson from yeah, bell to bell. Yeah, you know, and he absolutely dominated him. But what's next? He's like he keeps threatening this world title fight that never seems like well, it's not materialized so far. So I don't know. It's for me. It's just yeah, like like you said, the analogy about the the shore and just rowing away. Are you rowing in a circle, John? I I think they've had the right idea for Sowlands. Really, but Josh just hadn't kicked on. They made a local derby with Troy Williamson up in the northeast. Oh, yeah. Josh dominated it. He's on in Sunderland this weekend. But I was speaking to someone earlier actually. Sunderland are playing Bristol City away on Saturday, so they've put him on in Sunderland, a stone throw from the stadium, and Sunderland are playing hundreds of miles away. So there's not going to be many people there. Um, no. I think they've had the right idea, but. Josh just hasn't kicked on at all, has he? If you look at the pecking order of light middleweights now, look at the impact Crocker had against McKenna. Look at Ajarko's gone on from Williams. Kelly's just fell down the list. He needs another big win to get himself back relevant, but whether he's still got it in him to come through another hard fight, I think he's missed his opportunity after Williamson, really. And it made even worse for him, John, on Saturday. If anyone from Newcastle is thinking of going to enemy territory, they'll, they won't go because they'll be shocked after Fulham smash them at St. James's <laughs> Park. <laughs> anyway, um, on to round four. And, John, what's a fight this weekend? Yeah, we've, I tell you, we've been talking about this for a long time, haven't we? Sonny against Pam. The ultimate clash of styles. Um, two tremendous fighters, both excellent at what they do. I still can't pick a winner. I, I can't normally start getting an inkling. You start getting a feeling. Sonny's talking himself into a frenzy if you've been following what he's been saying recently, whereas Bam's just completely retreated away from the limelight. So it's been pretty hard to get a gauge on them both. Oh, I just think it's going to be who gets it right on the night. If, yeah. if Bam can be in the fight after four rounds, you'd expect Sonny to get off to a good start. But if Bam can make him fight, I would probably favour Bam to come on strong. If Sonny skates the first four rounds, I think Sonny might run away with it. But I, th- I think we'll know after four rounds what's going to happen. But asking me right now, I, I can't pick a winner. I think it's a great fight. Yeah, I- I'm just edging towards Sonny. I think he'll be one of those where we've seen it before where he's been pulled back late. But I think he'll be in such a commanding lead going in to the second half. It's what a last further the fight is whether Bam Bam can pull it back. You could have one of those where it's uh, Bam Bam gets it and Sonny looks to have done enough. But Sonny's certainly been, you know, I, I swore, as you, I'm not going to go what he was on about yesterday. I don't want to get in any trouble, but you might have seen Sonny on the rampage on Twitter yesterday. So whether that's nerves or 
a little bit nice. of anger with him in the like last bit of weight. Yeah, he, 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 I think it's, that's part of it. I think that's what I'm trying to say. You know, just look at his Twitter feed yesterday on Sunday. If you're wondering what he what he was up to, anyway. Um, well, well, it's a it's a brilliant unification. You know, they're both the best could still be to come from these two in a year or two in their careers. They're the 27 and 24, is it? I think Sonny's 27. Is Bam 23 or 24? It's fantastic. You know, we moan so much that fights happen too late. And it's criminal that we've got a British fighter in such a brilliant fight, and it's going under the radar to the mainstream. As I say, more people in the mainstream are talking about, the, the you know, um, ben Whitaker than, than than Sonny Edwards, in my opinion. And I just think it's criminal that it's been allowed to go under the mainstream. Real shame. Great, great fight. Ryan. For me, yeah, I'm I'm on the fence on this one. I think I, I was edging towards Sonny, but I, and I agree with what John's saying. I think if Sonny's in the lead in the first first four rounds, then he, he can kind of and he can keep Bam at bay, but Bam's gonna Sonny likes to fight at his own pace, doesn't he? Like a lot of fighters, and I just think Bam, if he doesn't let him settle into his own pace and he's in his face, you know, knockout record speaks for itself. You know, like it's an absolute styles make fights, and if you know if Bam gets it up in him and he can't and he keeps him in that, takes him out of his comfort zone, takes him into deep water, then you don't, you know, you I can't, you can't split him. I'd like to see one that Sonny win for me. Sonny Edwards is the pound for pound best best British fighter at the minute for me. Um, but you know, you'd like to see. I like you saying that, like you said about the fights that we moan that they don't happen, and it's it's a great time for it to happen. It's a shame it's going really well. Under the radar to a point, but yeah, I can't. It's a it's an absolute pick. Him, I'd like to think Sonny, and I think if I had to put money on it now, I'd say Sonny. But it's going to be a fight and a half if it lives up to expectation. Brilliant. Round five, um, Ryan, you're going to start us off about showing some support for Xboxers. Yeah, not um, not just Xboxers, really. I think what really brought it to my mind is with the Jordan Gill uh, when. When he beat Conlon yeah. the other week, he was mentioning about how close he was to committing suicide, and it just uh, you know it had me thinking. You know, I had a, you know discussion in the gym about it. The fact that there's enough to do, there's enough done with helping both boxers. I've said it to Ant Crawler before when I've been down there. Um, helped uh, Xbox with all current boxers and Xboxers while they're in the sport and when they leave, because especially compared to you know football, you've got the PFA, you've got the same equivalent in rugby. And I just think those sports, when you're all together as a team, but boxing's such a solo sport and everything's, everything's targeted on you there. So when when all the music stops, there's no backing. Like I said, I've said it, like I said, I've said it to Ant Crawler, you know, for every one of him who's walked away from the sport, uh, you know, we're taking more out of the sport than he has out of it. He's taken more than the sport's taken out of him, sorry. There's another 10, 20. We could, we could list people we know. There's people we know that I'm not going to name names now that, that, that are struggling, you know. And as an ex-addict, I'll call it myself, you know, I know that people aren't ready. And until you're ready to sort yourself out or it's ready to get on board, you can't be helped. But there's not enough guidance, I don't think, in the sport. You know, people do stuff with the Xboxes Association, but there's not enough going on for me to help these guys, you know, to, you know, it's like well, the best way to describe it from going from being a pro boxer to not, it's like leaving the army and trying to learn as a civvy, you know, and it's, there's no, there's no backing or no, well, there's not enough support for me 
in the sport. Like I said, there's plenty of people, there's people we know personally, Steve and John, that are struggling at the minute or that could so much benefit with having that kind of body or something, something they can rely on or something. Not that if they had to use it, but it's there and it's in the background. Yeah, it's a real... I, I agree with what you say. The problem, with, I think we've discussed this before, and it's something I've chatted with Buncey quite a bit. It's the fight. How do these get financed, these things? You know, like football's lucky. There's more, It's more structured with a PFA, and footballers are on this mad money where they can play a percentage to the PFA to pay for when footballers need counselling, private count In boxing, you know, it's just not going to happen. Promoters, you know, small promoters just lose money, hand over fist. It's where the money comes from. To, to pay for it. We've got this ringside charitable trust that's doing their best. And I am and I've got nothing against them at all. They mean well, but I don't even think they've looked at the the true cost of what these things will cost to run with if they get that the whole thing off the ground. You well, know, I don't want to get myself fined, but you know, we pay enough fees that in certain ways to the board, don't oh, we? Yeah, so well, yeah, yeah. An element of percentage, even a small percentage taken for every yeah. fee that we have to pay to the board. You know, this I'm not, you know. I know that it's, it's a lot more. I'm looking at it in real layman's terms. There, it's a lot more complicated than that. But yeah, it's, it's absolutely. There's so many. We could write lists if we took away me, John, yourself. Took a list that we could write lists of people who have struggled, even in just you, Manchester fighters since they left the sport. Never mind the UK. Never mind the world. Yeah, what's your take, there's, John? There's a lot of fighters who, topic, who this. go well, though, isn't there? As well, you know, a lot of fighters who go into it with their eyes open, they go into it knowing it's going to be hard, they have another job, it's not going to work out, they get another job. I know lots of fighters like that as well. You know, so there are bad stories and there are people who struggle, but I also know probably a longer list of people who've done well, you know, who, who have just given the, given the sport up, they stay involved, they nip in the gym, and they're, they're just getting on with their day-to-day lives. And but so like many... Steve said, you know, it's the people that struggle, really struggle, but where does the money come from? You know, if, if you were to take a little percent, you can't take a percentage off the fighters' purses because the people we're talking about don't earn enough to do that anyway. Yeah. And most promoters don't. I mean, you know, they break even. I think, you know, yeah. I was Steve Wood showed Saturday night. I think it man, he, he might have, I'm not sure, was talking this morning. He thinks he may have broken even where his last two weeks, he's had a bath, you know, at, at the VIP show. So I don't think small promoters can give in and, the big time promoters just aren't going to do it and say we'll put in a percentage of our, our TV money. I think it's something we could talk about and talk about all night. But and, and if, that if bit... you're like a if you're British title level or above, then you should really be putting a little bit away. I yeah, know it's well, not mega even, money; it's not even... what people probably think, but you should be able to be all right. Um, yeah. The people who struggle tend to be people who get paid peanuts who can't afford to put a little bit of the money away because. Yeah. Or, they live you, you know, paycheck like, to paycheck, fight purse to fight purse. It's like some journeymen are brilliant with their money. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Whereas you know, some, I know one who saved every penny. I was reading about another one there, and I didn't know. I know it's his last year, MJ Hall, and Kane Baker was tweeting about him, saying it's fantastic he's so close to the end of his career and has nearly paid his house off. So, you know, yeah. so there are, you know, success stories from it. But Fonz is the same. I, I spoke to Fonz uh, before. And very way sensible he... fella. Very, very clever the way they do it. Very and I still, I understand what John's saying, you know, it's like these people have got, it's like all of my pros have got other jobs, you know, so it's just, and maybe, well, yeah, maybe it's not 
what after the sport, but just helping. It's difficult. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is difficult, and there is there's so many success stories. Now, like I said, you know, not even just like I've said, mentioned Ant Crawler before, but the levels below people that have that have finished in the sport, and they've. I always say to everybody that comes to the gym that that's either Reese or anybody's come to me with it, Ryan, Rob, or even Jess when she goes pro, and it's like. You need to, what do you want to gain out of the sport? Because I don't want to hear you want to be a world champion. What do you want to get out of the sport? And as long as you can take more out of the sport than it takes out of you, then you've won. doesn't have to be a British title. It doesn't have to be a world title. It doesn't have to be a European title, a central area title. You win more than you lose. You make more money. Whatever it is, you've just got to try and make sure that you take more out of the sport than it does out of you. Brilliant. Time. Right, time. Well, I'll have to fly to through round six here. We've just got three and a bit minutes left. So, John, you'll have to ring that bell and we'll have to shut up. Tell you what we'll it is. It. It's about, you know, how much Saudi Arabia are running the show now. Jay Opatea is now almost certainly going to give up his IBF title um, because he's got this lucrative two-fight deal in Saudi Arabia um, because they won't let him defend against Ellis Zorro. Now, this isn't about the merits of Ellis Zorro or anything. But it just shows how much clout this these bucks in Saudi Arabia are having. That you know, a guy that's clearly head and shoulders above every cruiserweight in the world. Well, I think so. Is just going to throw his belt in the bin, almost like Riddick Bowe did for different <laughs> reasons. Like Lennox Lewis, he's dumping that IBF belt, most probably in the Royal Mail in Australia, and sending it back to their headquarters in New Jersey because he wants his Saudi money. And I wonder how much more of this. We're going to see. I mean, he's going to defend, he says, the ring belt. But I wonder if Ring Magazine might say something. We don't want Elie Zorro fighting. But that's by the by. But it just shows what this money's doing to boxing. That, you know, a world title to one of the elite fighters in, in boxing is now secondary. A man who's head and shoulders above each division. we just got to be quick on this one. So, Brian, your opinion. Uh, well, it's just showed, like, like we said about Saudi money there. Look at with them in the Premier League. You know, the, the demo, those owners... Uh, their wealth is vastly more than all the other owners put together, and that's included. So the money is there, and they're just, you know, uh, for me, in the romanticised view, I'd like Opatai to say, no, I want to fight, you know, keep my belt. But these, what have we just said about people making money out of the sport? I know he's yes. at the top level, but, you know, you're in a finite amount of time at the top of your game, and he's obviously being offered an exorbitant amount of money because to, to kind of relinquish or to, to lose his belt. So... For me, the you know the heart of me would like him to say to her that you know don't I don't want to see the money I want to keep my belt but it, with his head I think he's just he's making a financial decision that's going to support his family for probably the well the long time anyway. John, not that I agree with it, but you know that's unfortunate. That's the way the sport's going. Yeah, when John. you think about what he went through to win that belt with his double broken jaw, but I, I think Oppertai's proven himself to be the best cruiserweight on the planet by an absolute mile. I think Absolutely. if any fighter can do it, I think it's probably Oppertai because everyone knows he's the best. Everyone knows yeah. he's the champion. He's number one. Um, I know what he's getting paid for this and I can't blame him at all. So, uh, and what I tell you what, what a character as well. What a character Jai Oppertai is. Don't get a question wrong with Jai Oppertai because he lets you know. So, right. um, he's fair, told fair you off then to, before, John. Fair play to both of them. <laughs> he's told you off before, John. Before no, I stayed about... straight. I was good. Well, I'll get it on the next podcast. Anyway, this is that was our last bell to bell for the year. Ryan was a brilliant guest. 
John's been on top form as, as always. It just flew past tonight. We'll have Ryan back on in a couple months again. To you, great value on this and offers top insight. Merry Christmas, everybody, and we'll see you uh, just before the new year. Thanks very much. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across the north, click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.